With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. On the way at the bottom of the hour, we'll be talking with Don LaBelle from Epic Products, the new marijuana shop down on George Street. Actually, it's a little bit more than that. But to start today's program, it is Monday morning's front burner from CBC News with a look at Sunday's federal election call. Hello, I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud, in for Jamie Poisson. Well, after much rumor and speculation, it is official. Canadians are going to the polls on September 20th. On Sunday morning, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau visited Governor General Mary Simon and asked her to dissolve Parliament, launching a federal election. The second in less than two years, leaving some wondering, why now? Today, Aaron Wary from CBC's Parliamentary Bureau is here to talk us through it. Here we go again. It is happening. And I feel I feel like we I feel like we just went through an election and part of the reason I feel that way is because everybody knows that time froze during 2020. It's not a year that happened in terms of the progress of time and so it just feels like the election was basically just yesterday. So why did the liberal leader Justin Trudeau what did he say about why we need another one right now? Right. It, uh, so his, I mean, his, his logic, his explanation actually kind of is based a lot on the fact that we've been through a lot in the last, uh, 17 to 18 months. You know, he, he knew or had to have known that the first question he was going to get asked was why you're going for an election. You know, you don't necessarily need to go for an election right now. In theory, you could continue governing for another two to three years if you really wanted to. And his, sort of move was to kind of turn the question back in on itself. So instead of saying, you know, why are we having an election? It was sort of why aren't, why wouldn't we have an election right now? Why shouldn't we give Canadians a choice over where they want to go uh, coming out of this pandemic, how they want to move forward out of COVID and, and you know, what they, they want to do with this moment. The decisions your government makes right now will define the future your kids and grandkids grow up in. So in this pivotal, consequential moment, who wouldn't want a say? Who wouldn't want their chance to help decide where our country goes from here? He, he, made, a, he made a lot of effort to sort of cast this as a, as a historic moment, as a, as a moment for really uh, talking about the future and, and talking about coming out of this pandemic and, you know, really trying to build the case that for all of the questions that have been asked over the last few weeks about whether there should be an election or why there's going to be an election or how he would justify an election, that this is a perfectly good time for an election. So to the other parties, please explain why you don't think Canadians should have the choice, why you don't think that this is a pivotal moment, because I'm focused on our real plan. Right. And, you know, the idea of why shouldn't Canadians get to decide that's the official explanation. What do people think really is going on here? <laughs> well, you sound so cynical, I mean. Uh, the look, it's it's I think it's it's very fair to say that if the liberals were not leading in the polls right now, Justin Trudeau wouldn't have gone to Rideau Hall and asked for an election. In our system where election dates aren't necessarily fixed, 
and uh, a minority parliament can fall or even a majority government can fall, election timing is almost always political. So we have Trudeau possibly feeling good about his odds because of what the polls have been telling us for the last few weeks. I'm interested to hear what the other leaders think about this. So let's start with conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. What did he say about this election call? I mean, his opening comments were basically to say, look, this is this is risky and reckless. You, you know, COVID is still out there. The country is still recovering. We're finally at a point, thanks to the efforts of all Canadians who have stayed at home, got tested, got vaccinated, where we can see our loved ones, our friends, and our families again. We shouldn't be risking that for political games or political gain. That said, he, he, he's also not fond of the Liberal government and the way it's been governing. And he is more than happy to explain why the Conservatives should be governing instead of the Liberals. I am a new Conservative leader with a proven track record and a fresh approach. It's Canada's recovery plan to get our economy firing on all cylinders and to get our public finances under control. You know, the opposition leaders are stuck in a kind of odd position where they have to kind of complain that an election has been called, but also say that actually, well, now that we're having an election, now that you mention it, maybe we should vote these guys out. Obviously, the, the Conservatives have been sort of talking about the idea of not wanting an election right now for some time. But on Friday, this past Friday, they put out an attack ad. And for those who have not seen it, it's the scene from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And it has Trudeau's face sort of like hastily, shoddily pasted onto Veruca Salt's face. Um, and she's in the middle of throwing a tantrum. I want a party with roomfuls of laughter. 10,000 tons of ice cream. You caught this, yeah? Yeah, yes. It was it was it was hard to miss. Uh it was very attention grabbing, I would say. Yeah, the tagline that came at the end was the only reason for an election is because Trudeau wants a majority. And I think it's striking that already several conservative candidates have spoken out against it. One called it embarrassing, another called it dumb, a third candidate called it tasteless and appalling. These are conservatives criticizing their own party strategy here. What do you make of that? Uh, yeah, all, th- all things considered, it's probably not the best way to launch a campaign. But the the larger issue, I think, here is that, you know, the, the Conservative Party, Aaron O'Toole's Conservative Party, has been linked to a, an advertising firm, a social media firm that has been kind of known for throwing lots of content out through social media channels and attracting attention. And you can definitely make the argument that any attention is good attention, right? Like, as much as people were complaining about this ad... Uh, it was being shared and viewed and, and passed around. And so that's a net win for the conservatives. I think the problem with that idea is when the story then becomes conservatives say ad is, is bad and embarrassing. You know, when it's, if the, if the story had just been conservatives release controversial ad, uh, I think the conservatives are probably happy with that. When, when the story becomes conservative MPs and, you know, former premier, Saskatchewan premier Brad Wall say ad is bad and embarrassing and, and, uh, not befitting, uh, a party that wants to govern, 
I think that is where it flips. And so it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see how much that is a, uh, a harbinger of what is to come. Like what kind of content is going to be pushed out through social media and, and how much of the campaign is going to be waged in this tone of throwing out uh, videos like that that are sort of meant to attract attention, even if it's bad attention. I mean, I have to say that uh, one of the things I was surprised by um, with that ad is that it sort of signaled to me, uh, I don't know, shall we say bleep posting, um, like a sort of approach to talking about politics and making politics that is a little bit about trolling, a little bit about sort of borrowing the visual language of online trolling to make political ads and to see it come out of an official party channel was a surprise to me. Was that a surprise to you? It, look, it, this is hardly the first social media campaign. It's hardly the first campaign to be impacted by Twitter. But it, you, I think you've seen parties move through different phases of trying to figure out how best to use these channels and how to, you know, how what what they can be used for in terms of rallying the base or getting your message out. Uh, so I think to that extent, it's interesting to see a party sort of unapologetically put an ad out like this. They haven't pulled it down, uh, at least last time I checked. They don't seem bothered by the criticism they're taking for it. And that unapologeticness, I think, is interesting. That said, I'm, you know, I'm an old timer now. I can remember uh, <laughs> covering the 2008 campaign when the Conservative Party put up a website with Stéphane Dion in which a uh, puffin flew past him and pooped on his shoulder. And the pooping puffin controversy dominated, I, I feel like, way too many hours of that campaign. It was probably like two days. And so, like, you know, bad taste is not, is not new in democracy, but putting up a video that, you know, people find embarrassing or or sort of beneath politics and not apologizing for it. I think that is an interesting switch. And as you say, trolling, like that, that feels like a, uh, a new thing that in the past parties may have stopped short of doing, I guess. is part one of Monday morning's front burner from CBC News here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. When After Nine returns, we will have part two of that program. Hey world, this is Michael Franti. This is Kanan. Foho in the dark. Gogo Bordello. Hi, I'm Natasha Atlas. Greetings, this is Daniel Stevens. Justin Adams. This is Steve Riley of the Mamu Playboys. Talvin Singh, you're listening to Free Range Radio. Steve Berlin, Cesar Rosas. We're from Los Lobos and you've discovered music with no borders and no boundaries. This is Cal Coat. The best artists in the world come home to World Beat Canada Radio. Join me each week for a ride on the global side. World Beat Canada Radio, Monday nights at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Check out Arterio at Two Rivers Gallery through September 18th, featuring works of five BC artists from along Highway 16, dubbed the Fantastic 5.0 Collective. Arterio includes landscapes, mixed-media portraits, and multi-layered narratives. The images and subjects in Arterio speak to the resilience of artists in the North and of findings, community, and support. View Arterial at Two Rivers Gallery through September 18th. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5. Two Rivers Gallery where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. 
The BC Schizophrenia Society is looking for talented individuals from across the province to fill various roles on their team. If you're passionate about serious mental illness and are interested in joining the BC Schizophrenia Society, visit their website to find current openings with full position details and information on how to apply. Locate the listing by clicking on Careers under the About Us menu at bcss.org. The British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope, the means to cope. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today with a 30% chance of showers. A high of 21 with a high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight and a low of 6. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon. Wind from the northeast at 20 in the afternoon. A high of 22 with a high UV index. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And here is the second segment of Monday's Front Burner from CBC News. I want to go back to the idea of calling this election now because NDP leader Jagmeet Singh also expressed his opposition to that. A couple of weeks ago, he went as far as to say that the Governor General Mary Simon should turn down Trudeau's request for a snap election. What is he saying now, now that the election is in fact happening? Right. So, so let's just for the sake of civics, let's clarify that there was really no scenario in which Mary Simon was going to say no to this election. Uh, this is just not the sort of circumstances where the governor general would say no to that request. And you are nothing if not a deep service person for the service of civics. So, yes, I I try to educate. <laughs> uh, so his his position, his argument has sort of changed now in that he's basically saying, look, the liberals could have kept on governing. We would have helped them pass things. But why does he want a majority? It's certainly not because he wants to help more people or help people more. It's only because he wants to help people less and people end up paying the price. The reality is he is fed up with New Democrats pushing him to deliver more help to more people and he certainly doesn't want to put in place any measures to make the ultra-rich pay their fair share. And, and to that extent, you know, the NDP argument is that the fact that they're there has improved things over the last year and a half and has led to better outcomes. And, and so therefore you should elect more new Democrats so they can have an even greater influence. To a certain extent, he has a stronger hand to play when complaining about the election than Aaron O'Toole, because in Aaron O'Toole's case, Aaron O'Toole, the Conservatives have opposed this government numerous times in the House of Commons. They're clearly not interested in, in how this, the, the Liberal Party is governing. Uh, they oppose it. They, they think it's a disaster and they want to replace them. The NDP, while not agreeing with everything the, the Liberals have done with, while having all sorts of criticisms of Justin Trudeau, have at least tried to be a helpful partner or play the part of a helpful partner at times to come out of things that they can point to and, and as victories. And so he's got a bit of a stronger hand to play in terms of complaining about the election timing, but it's the same problem of sort of at what, how, how far can you possibly take that argument before you have to move on and just start dealing with the election as it is? You know, how, how much do voters really care that the election is happening right now? Mm. And how much, how much is that, is the election timing going to factor into the ultimate decision people have of who to vote for? I mean, let's get, let's get into that a little bit because I do think that, uh, we in the media think about this question and then maybe move on from it. Like it usually takes maybe a, the first three to four days of a campaign is like, should we be having this election or no? But the election period is about 36 days. There will be other things to talk about. And 
we got to talk about why this particular case might be different, right? Because we do have a fourth wave of COVID-19 approaching. Um, we've heard Jagmeet Singh call this a selfish summer election. O'Toole stressing that it's a reckless thing to call this election during the pandemic. Do you think this criticism could last beyond the traditional week that we talk about it because of the pandemic? Yeah, it could, especially if if there's lots of COVID outbreaks related with this campaign, if if the fourth wave gets really bad, if politicians, if the liberal campaign or the prime minister or liberal MPs or liberal candidates are uh, seen to be behaving irresponsibly on the campaign trail, that will all that will just bring attention back to the fact that we're in a campaign and it was the liberals who precipitated it. That's going to just force the liberals to explain again why they're having this election and justify it. So there is, I would say there's more risk uh, this time than in, in previous minority situations. But I think the flip side of that is for if you're an opposition party, you can't really bank on should there be an election or not being the ballot question. Because in in history, it just doesn't... There are exceptions, and we'll probably well, there is one particular exception, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit. But for the most part, you're right. It, we spend the first few days or week fussing over whether or not there should be an election, and then we all sort of come to terms with the fact that there is an election, and we we get on with it. Right. of COVID, of course, it's already rearing its head as an election issue. Uh, as Trudeau kicked off his campaign, he brought up vaccine mandates, this idea of mandating vaccines for air and train travel and for public servants. Not everyone agrees. Not every political party agrees. Well, Canadians should be able to weigh in on that and on so much more. What did you make of the decision of, for Trudeau to bring that up? I mean, I think it is going to be a significant issue in this campaign. You know, the Liberals made the sort of their big move on vaccine mandates in terms of the public service, in terms of air travel, in terms of uh, train travel just on Friday. So it's a live issue. And, and I'm sure the timing of that was not coincidental. They may have gotten to this issue eventually, but it doesn't hurt that it comes right before an election campaign and they can now make it a campaign issue because the reason they can make it a campaign issue is is that it doesn't quite seem like all the other parties are quite ready to get on board with this idea. The Conservatives in particular seem very hesitant about endorsing any kind of idea about vaccine restrictions. We have to try and encourage and have as many people as vaccinated as possible and then take reasonable precautions to use other tools to keep all Canadians safe. As I said, using rapid testing, using screening, using masking. Now, presumably that's because uh, Aaron O'Toole knows that somewhere in his base, in his party, there are people who are more skeptical or more hesitant about vaccines, are more hesitant or skeptical about sort of government-mandated behavior like this. And so this puts the Conservatives in a tough spot, which obviously the Liberals are more than happy to do. And it, it's a reminder that, you know, we can we go into elections with all sorts of, of ideas about what they're going to be about and what the major issues are. And then sometimes something comes along that throws everything off and becomes sort of the ballot question. So even if you go back to 2015 when, when the Liberals won power, I don't think any of us thought that campaign was going to be about the niqab and Syrian refugees. Right. And then some things happened, and that became 
sort of one of the dominant issues, two of the dominant issues going into the latter half of that campaign. And so things like this can get thrown on the table, either purposefully or accidentally, and suddenly that becomes the big wedge in the campaign. talk about the confidence that the liberals may be feeling because you don't call this election if you're not feeling pretty confident about yourself could that call backfire on them <laughs> uh yes every election call is a, is a gamble but it's a gamble both ways so let's start with the the gamble of going as we said or as we just said most of the time, the exact reason for the election campaign, whether or not it came early, that stuff gets wiped away in a few days and we all move on. But everyone at this point knows the example of a former Ontario Premier David Peterson, who had a commanding majority in the legislature in Ontario in 1990, called an election a year ahead of time and promptly got thrown out of office. Just a few months ago, David Peterson was being described as Captain Canada. The polls said he was one of the most popular leaders in the entire country. The polls betrayed him tonight. David Peterson's liberals going down to an enormous defeat at the hands of the NDP. And that has become the sort of lesson of be careful about going into an early election, particularly be careful of going into an early summer election, I guess because Canadians really value their summers for some reason. The flip side of that is, and it doesn't get talked about as much, is... An example like Pierre Trudeau in uh, 1977. So in 1977, he is in year three of a majority government. He, he has no danger of being defeated in the in the House, but his, his polling numbers are up, things are looking good for him, and his advisors come to him and say, you should really go for an election. And he thinks about it and then decides, you know, no, I'm going to wait. They do that again in 78, when again it looks like things are looking up for him. And he takes a pass again. And then in 1979, at that point, he's been around for more than four years in that since the previous election. And he's got to call an election, but the economy's gone down, his polling has gone down, his government seems tired, and he goes out and loses the next election. Good evening, I'm Knowlton Nash, and this is a one-hour news special on Election 79, Joe Clark's Election 79. Last night's celebration was loud, joyful, and a personal triumph for the man who went from Joe Hu to Prime Minister-elect. And so that's, that's sort of the way to look at, from a political standpoint at least, the decision Justin Trudeau had to make here, which is he could force an election right now, and maybe it's a risk, maybe it blows up in his face, maybe people get mad about it, but if he waits... What are the odds that the situation is going to be any better for him between now and, say, October 23rd, when we would usually expect the next election to be? Are, they, are the odds that his polling is going to be better, that the, the situation in the country with COVID is going to be better, that there will present itself another opportunity to, to go to an election? And if, if they look at the, the situation and say, look, this, this is a good opportunity to go for us, and we can't be sure what the next two years are going to look like, then you can understand the straight political calculation of saying, why don't we go now when it looks like we're in a pretty decent position? Well, all right. Should be an interesting five weeks or so. And of course, the front burner team will be covering it all closely. Aaron Wary, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you much. Before 
we go today, an update on what's unfolding in Afghanistan. On Sunday, the Taliban advanced into the country's capital, Kabul. Afghan President Ashraf Ghani has fled, along with thousands of fellow citizens and foreigners. Canada shut down its embassy in Kabul and personnel were being evacuated from the U.S. Embassy. Within a week, the Taliban has taken much of Afghanistan. That's despite the billions of dollars spent by Western nations, including Canada, to build up Afghan security forces over the last 20 years. We'll have more on tomorrow's episode of Frontburner. Stay tuned for that. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud, in for Jamie Poisson. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. That is Monday morning's Frontburner from CBC News here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Frontburner can also be found on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to be listening for this morning's Frontburner from CBC News tonight at 11 as they will look at uh, Haiti dealing with another earthquake. Stay tuned. When After 9 returns, we'll be talking with Don LaBelle from Epic Products, a new store opening Saturday on George Street. Employers are now able to apply online to the B.C. government's COVID-19 paid sick leave reimbursement program. Through this program, employers can reimburse for up to three days of wages paid to workers for COVID-19-related sick leave. To apply, you must be signed up to the WorkSafe BC online services and not have an existing paid sick leave program. Full details are available at WorkSafeBC.com. More information about the program is available on the BC government COVID-19 paid sick leave reimbursement program webpage. Today is Burgers to Beat MS Day at A&W. $2 from every teen burger sold will be donated to the MS Society of Canada. Drive through, take out, or use the A&W mobile app. Dine in or use a third-party delivery partner. However you order your teen burger, $2 will go to help Canadians living with multiple sclerosis. You can also make a donation online at burgerstobeatms.ca. Burgers to Beat MS Day. Today until closing at A&W. When you notice an eye-catching headline related to dementia, beware. Sometimes when journalists are asked to interpret complex studies, we see headlines that exaggerate or sensationalize results to drive more clicks to their articles. When coming across an exciting headline, do an initial gut check. Look beyond the headline and consider the source. The Alzheimer's Society of BC has their annual publication, A Focus on Research, now available online. Check it out today at alz.com bc.org each year dairy queen stores across canada participate in miracle treat day a day where net proceeds from every blizzard treat purchased are donated to local children's hospitals and support children in need of care this year to ensure the safety of customers and staff dq canada is celebrating miracle treat day on thursday october 28th help continue the 19-year tradition of making miracles happen for six children and their families by visiting your local dq to celebrate miracle treat day thursday october 28th featuring the people who make things happen in prince george you're listening to after nine on 93.1 cfis fm and in studio this morning with Don LaBelle of Epic Products, correct? Yes, good yes. morning. That, that is the name of the company. Yes. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your new store because it's been a bit of a journey. It has. It's been a long journey. We are finally down to just the last couple of days. We're opening on Saturday at 9 a.m. So when did you actually start this process? We actually started this process probably about two months before legalization. So we started in the summer of 2018 is when it's been a long, long process. Yeah. And it's, 
It's uh, we've been through lots of. I mean. Every store has had massive, massive hoops they've had to jump through, yeah. right? It's just we seem to be slow, but well, we got it. Well, let's talk about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you start off? Like you, you said, before actual legalization, so you were sort of kind of watching that, right? Yeah, because we actually wanted to open up a medical marijuana facility. Right. Um, difference being with medical marijuana, of course, there's you get medical advice, you get a prescription, all that kind of stuff. So... Um, that was why we originally looked at the location and the building and everything else. And then, so all that started going through. And then as legalization came down, they just asked all the information about medical. They want to, oh. the, the doctors there, because the science is still so new, they're mm-hmm. still so iffy about it. They yeah. want to just go, if you want to try it, go down to a recreational store, talk to a bud tender, just try it, you know, go slow, try it out for yourself and see what works. And, and, uh, so then we had to change path and change gear and that meant a whole different application process um for the liquor branch instead of through um the feds right right Mm -hmm. so but but that's still kind of the focus though is is, very much uh educating people and, and helping people that want to try this to help their medical situation or or issues they have absolutely i mean we can't we obviously can't give you any kind of medical advice like we can't but you know, to try it out, see, because every product is different and it reacts differently with right. everyone, right? So what might work really, really well for your best friend for um, for anxiety or, or, or anything like that may not work really well for you. And so that's where they're, where the medical is all kind of like, oh, we don't know what to tell you. So right. when we will go recreational, you know, come down, get educated, learn about the product, learn you know what how the different ways that you can react to it and then try it out for yourself then, and just yeah. experiment yeah it, kind of uh, an educational aspect before people actually make a purchase yeah because especially with some of the new products that came out and what's been legalized when you get into the edibles and the concentrates mm-hmm. it's very intimidating for a new user who's just like yeah. i just i just want something simple to yeah. you know have a little treat after work or something like that and now there's so much available where do you even start right right so it's yeah you try it out Try just a little bit, see how you react to it. You know, maybe try again the next day or later that day and, and just work your way and find what works for you. Now, this is kind of the difference between yourself and most other uh, marijuana stores. Yeah, because we've got the space, because we originally planned to go medical, we've right. got the space that we can put in an education. So you can come in and, and sit down and, and maybe flip through a book on the history or maybe maybe you want to find out what, you know, maybe some more about edibles or terpenes or something like that. Get a little right. more knowledge and just, you know, sit, you know maybe chat with someone or flip through some information and, and find what you're looking for that way. And this... Uh, I, like your your approach, you mentioned you can't give medical advice, mm-hmm. but realistically, now that it's available recreationally, yeah, people probably still might want that information anyway. Oh, right? absolutely, absolutely, and they're finding new stuff constantly with where 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 you know how you react to terpenes and how it reacts mm-hmm. to your body and stuff like that. So we can definitely give you anecdotal advice. Like I can tell you what's worked for me in the past yeah. to maybe help point you in a direction. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I can't say, oh, this is going to fix your arthritis because it may not. We don't no, know that. No. And the research isn't there, but I can say, you know, maybe try this low, this, and this, uh, topical cream, you know, yeah. maybe it'll soak in and help give you some relief, um, stuff like that. So, uh, you talked topical cream. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, 
you'll have a lot of different things that maybe don't even have the THC in it. Yeah, there's some CBD lotions and stuff right. like that. And when you get into um, when you get into CBD, it always has a fine, fine trace of THC to cause mm-hmm. the, as as a catalyst for the chemical reaction. So if you buy a CBD lotion off Amazon, you're not going to get anywhere near the react the, the effect that you would actually buying it from a licensed producer at a cannabis store. Oh, okay. Because when they when they put it up on Amazon, they strip all of the THC out right, of it, and right. and the chemical the reaction doesn't work quite the same. It doesn't work as well. Now, for uh, new listeners that haven't heard you on our show before, the THC mm-hmm. that is the the THC is the part that gets you high, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they they there's a, a way that because the plant produces both, it produces the CBD and it produces the THC, and it's all depending on what you want to use it for. What what's your end goal yeah. when you when you partake? Is yeah. it is it just because you want to you know have fun sitting around the, the barbecue with your friends? Then you probably want to go into a THC if you're looking yeah. for something to, you know. Something that that runs you where you you want to partake but you don't want to get high, then you definitely want to go with something with a CBD in it. Right uh, mm-hmm. now, there's been a lot of. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There, mm-hmm. there's actually been quite a bit of research when it comes to the CBD oil. Yes, and that would be information that you would have on hand. Yeah, yeah. They have been they have been because they've been using it in in sports and all sorts of things. They've been using the CBD for a long time. So right. there is definitely a lot more research out there. Versus the THC, yeah. Yeah, and I imagine there's yeah. continued research oh, going on, constantly, right? constantly. They're talking about, I think it's it's one of the major sports organizations down in the States. I can't remember exactly if it was football or soccer or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. They're, they're actually introducing it through their through their medical team, through their, their, their staff doctor. Right. To try and help them with um, whatever their issues are. So it's being researched in these um, situations on an ongoing basis all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, the pro- the process. As soon as it became legalized, you kind of mm-hmm. changed what we changed you were our doing. Yeah. Uh, so, what would what would what would be the difference between what you were about to do and what you ended up doing? Well, we didn't get too far into the research um, in getting set up for the the medical, but right. the, the idea there had been there would have been a physician on staff. There would have been you uh, know the different the different. Um, oh, I totally lost the word. But that we'd have like a you know maybe there would have been a physician. There would have been a chiropractor. There would have been like people oh, okay. different. Yeah. All depending on what kind of because not everyone's comfortable talking to the doctor. Maybe they want to talk to someone who's a little more like a naturopath or something mm-hmm. like that and mm-hmm. get the direction from them. But when they canceled all that, it was just it was just easier to go recreational. I could still reach all the same people. I yeah. just can't. I just can't do the medical advice now. So right. now it's more about just try it out. Yeah. And and that's the, uh, the the ability of people to actually try things out yeah. uh, makes it a little easier from that aspect. Yeah, because you're not getting a prescription written by your doctor, and you right. have to have that meds. They can't replace it with anything else, right? Well, yeah. sometimes you know maybe it maybe it makes your stomach hurt or something. You know, you can't you can't change it. Where with this, you can just try a different product. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, referrals for? Uh, medical situations is that something that you'll have available as well we certainly could um i could find out if there's anyone still locally doing it it's just fallen right off my radar but yeah right. no, there's definitely because i used to get medical myself yes um but i didn't do it through a local physician you had to do it you had to pick a producer and then mm-hmm. send them all the paperwork and there was another intermediary in there to make sure that you actually needed it and stuff like that so oh, it was, okay it was quite a hairy process it was never yeah. easy to get a hold of medical marijuana it was never an easy process at all so right um, 
we'll see if if there's if there's a need for it. We'll definitely look into if there's anyone locally that's willing to do it. Um, I can yeah. also dig up the information on when I had it. But yeah, we'll have that ready for um, for Saturday. If anyone comes in wanting a referral, we can find someone to send them to. For right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but you haven't heard any anything from any local doctors that are saying, "Hey, I do specialize no. in this, this, and this." No. But to be fair, I've been so absorbed in this part of it right. <laughs> last year that I haven't really gone yeah. out looking. But I'm sure there are Might people be. locally because I know I know a couple of years ago when we looked at bringing the medical, there were some people locally that were interested in right, taking right. that on. So yeah. um, I can reach out and see. Yeah. yeah, there might be some people that step up after you're open as well. Exactly, right? too, and go, hey, if, you know, if you've got any and clients that, that want medical advice, you can send them to me. That would right. be, you know, yeah. or whoever, that would be great. So what kind of things, uh, like you have a lot of information about the effects of the uh, CBD and the THC, mm-hmm. what kind of uh, medical problems are these effective for? That you that you know of um, that I know of I know from myself um, I have found if I that I, I can work on on comfort levels with back pain my anxiety has come down I'm off my depression meds there's all sorts of things that that have helped over the years um, getting getting used to taking it um, I I'm a little leery on the medical side just because we we we're not really supposed to push right. that and talk about it right, right? so um, but it's it's I mean anecdotally it's the, the other side of it, um, and where I'm stumbling, the other side of it is that people have been pushing cannabis as the medical cure-all for so long yeah, that it's yeah. like, you know, they're all excited about, oh, this is going to cure everything. It's going to cure <laughs> cancer. It's going to cure your MS. It's going to deal with everything. And it's like, no, 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 no. No. you got to back off from that. So you have to find the middle ground between the people that were like crazy, this is going to do everything, yeah. and the people like, it's just, you know, this is just for... You know the the idiots doing getting high, right? There is a middle ground, and that's what right. we're trying to get to. Is it's not just uh, it's not just the hippie living in your basement that's right, doing this yeah. anymore. It's professionals. It's all these people. And I guess the other aspect of it is is uh, there's constant research, so there's constant. always new information available, yeah, right? Yeah. And eventually, I mean, as more research comes out, it would definitely be easier to do the medical side of it. You know, as as there's more stuff coming out constantly. Right. Yeah, it's just so new. They they. They weren't even they weren't allowed to study it for such a long time because it was classed as a as a as such a, an evil drug, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll come back in a moment. We're talking with uh, Don LaBelle, uh, and we'll get into the fact that your store is just about open. Just about. <laughs> in a moment here on After Nine. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council is offering their Healthy Leader training sessions for the Northwest Northeast Region, September twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Being offered via Zoom, the sessions will be filled with learning, movement, and laughter and are open to all community members who want to deliver an Indigenous Run, Walk, or Honor Your Health Challenge program. Registration and full details are available through iSpark.ca. The iSpark Healthy Leader Training Sessions for the Northwest Northeast, September 27th and 28th via Zoom. The Indigenous Physical Activity and Recreation Council has a new cooking show. Food is Medicine features dietitians Rachel Dickens and Fiona Devereaux celebrating the people and foods of B.C. The four-part series highlights meals that are accessible and nutritious, served with a side of quirky humor from the hosts. Access the show through iSpark.ca or search for Food is Medicine on YouTube. Food is Medicine, part of the Healthy Living Program from the Indigenous Physical Activity and Recreation Council. It takes 
takes two minutes and it could save up to eight lives. Registering to be an organ donor is quick and easy. After your death, your heart, your lungs, liver, eyes, and kidneys, among other organs, can be used to save the life of someone in need of a transplant. It's a compassionate act that offers hope. To become an organ donor, visit take2minutes.ca. For more information on the organ transplant program in BC, go to transplant.bc.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today with a 30% chance of showers, a high of 21 with a high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight and a low of 6. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon. Wind from the northeast at 20 in the afternoon, a high of 22 with a high UV index. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Talking with Don LaBelle from Epic Products and uh, Grand Opening coming up. Oh, actually, I was mm-hmm. going to mention uh, not knowing anything about medicinal marijuana, but just from what I know of the marijuana product, I would assume it's good to combat anxiety. Yes. And if you have a, a problem gaining weight. Yeah, actually, they use that a lot for um, for anyone who's got any nausea problems. A lot of a lot of different kinds of, of strains will help calm the nausea. They'll help calm your stomach, which, of course, you know, not getting into the medical side, but will help with anyone who's under any sort of treatment that yeah. will make them not eat. So they they sort all sorts of different chemo's and cancer and stuff like that. We'll we'll do that. I'm just basing this on the uh, the uh, the munchies. Well, yeah, the fact that uh, <laughs> your your stoner is is. Uh, Usually described as as someone who's very chill and very is chill. looking for something to eat. Yeah, very chill. We've got uh, we've got a, the pastry chef right beside us, so there's there's goodies there. There's uh, they're a per- perfect combo. Yeah, yeah. The firm across the street, so you can get good some good food there. And there you go. Donair place just down the street. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay, so grand opening mm-hmm. is on Saturday. Saturday at nine a.m. Saturday, August twenty first. Okay, and what what are your hours of operations on Saturday? On Saturday, we're going to be open nine to eleven. Okay. Um, we're kind of we're kind of humming and hawing over what we're going to do for the hours for the shop as a, on a long term basis. So we're we're going to stay okay. open until 11 every night for the first probably three, maybe four weeks. And that's that's what we're legally allowed to do. And that's what a lot of the stores here in town do. Right. The government stores aren't staying open as late right now because of their, their mandated through COVID to close a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but being we're down on George Street, I don't know that we'd get traffic at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that, that's hard to, to say. There's not a lot to draw the average yeah. shopper down there, right? If we were in the mall, it would be so different. So yeah. we are going to run the, the 9 to 11 um, for probably the first four weeks and see what our customers are looking for. Yeah. You know, where are they coming through? And then and then shrink Adjust the hours Adjust it as match. you need. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. No, yeah, no use being open till 11 if you don't see anyone after 6, right? Exactly, yeah. But the um, the restaurant across the street's been hopping the last couple okay. weekends. So, Which restaurant is that again? Uh, the Firm. Oh, okay. They're new. They're they're relatively new. But yeah. They just finished their, their rooftop patio last week. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so what, I show up on Saturday. What can I expect? You can expect um, lots of help. Uh, we have all of our green stuff in. So we've got everything from, you know, your regular flour that you just roll in your pipe. Or we've got topicals and lotions and bath bombs and bath salts and oh, yeah. drinks. Lots of drinks. We have a big fridge. Um, we're going to have some goodies and treats there for anyone mm-hmm. coming in that day. And we're also going to have some swag bags to give away with some T-shirts and hats and stuff like that. So, so a person um, can try some edibles? Is that what you're no, saying? Or no? no, no, no. These no, are no. regular cookies. That's Sorry. regular. 
regular, sorry, the regular no. treats. They're, 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 they're amazing cookies. You open them up and there's all sorts of goodies in them. But oh, no, okay. sorry, no. They won't be laced with anything, anything no. interesting. They'll just be, you know, the usual sugar and carbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and you're in the old, used to be... Uh, B&B Music. And then it was Long and McQuaid. And Long and McQuaid. Yeah. And it's, and it's two floors. It's two floors. It's huge. So we've got all the all the cannabis products is all on the main floor. Mm-hmm. And then you can head upstairs if you want to check out the education center is up right. there. And that's where we'll also be keeping all the glassware and accessories. So we've got some really, really cool looking um, bongs and rigs and stuff like that that you can use to right. play with all your new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, uh, that reminds me of uh, one of the stumbling blocks you had was city council. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, we're so close to another store, why would we do it? But right. yeah, it's the education center is what we're going to use to really set ourselves apart. Because the cannabis product itself, we're all ordering from the government. You know, yeah. even even the government stores are ordering from the government. So there's no competition really there. You know, if they can get it, we can get it. So mm-hmm. the only place you're going to see differences in the stores is what you can expect for customer service, what you can get for accessories, and definitely your education. Yeah. Uh, customer service, what kind of uh, staffing will you have? Um, we have lots of staff ready to go for Saturday, so we mm-hmm. shouldn't be short. Um, we've got uh, people who've worked at a couple of the other cannabis stores in town, so they've definitely got some knowledge around just around what people in Prince George are looking for. And um, everyone provides good and customer service, and most of them know what they're talking about with the marijuana. So yeah. we're just kind of, we know we've got some internal education to do as well. But it's such a new market that, you know, people don't put this on their resumes yet. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. You don't put on the bottom that I smoke a lot of weed or anything like that, right? right? So other than, other than, than people coming from other stores and even then they've only been open for a while. So there's, it's, uh, 10 years from now hiring would be a completely different situation because you'd have, you know, you yeah. have someone that would say on there, oh, I worked in a dispensary for seven years or yeah, something like yeah. that. So yeah, we're fully I staffed should, for the weekend. But. I should talk to my brother, uh, I don't know how good he'd be at customer service, but he certainly knows the product. So, <laughs> well, if you know one side, you can always be trained on the other. Well, right? It, That's kind of where I was looking supposedly, at. Supposedly, yeah, the old if, dog new trick thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so nine o'clock Saturday and yep. open right through till eleven. Yeah, and that'll be your hours. What Monday through Saturday or? Are you closed Sundays? The original plan was to be closed on Sunday. Right. But I think well, my business partners out of Vancouver, so I've got to prove to him yet that Prince George is dead downtown on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. So we'll do that for the first couple of weeks. But I think eventually we'll go to just Monday to Saturday right. and stay closed for Sundays. There's just no one downtown on a Sunday. I mean, when yeah. there's summer festivals and all that kind of stuff happens, of course we'll be open sure. for that. But yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we're just throwing money out the door. No, I know. We're a corner of 3rd and Quebec here in the Q3 building and... Uh, being a radio station, it's twenty four seven, and I come in on on Sundays, and and it is you can hear crickets. Yeah, <laughs> no problem parking. No, <laughs> no, exactly. I can yeah, park yeah. wherever I want, and yeah, it's it's very very quiet. Yeah, throw a rock, not hit it, anybody. It does pick up a little bit in this corner uh, around the lunch hour because yeah. some of the restaurants are open. Uh, Nancy O's yeah. just down the street here, but. Um, yeah, but probably we're the not of, the situation you'd be in because no, you're because well, we're at the wrong end. Of, well, what, I would say we're at the wrong end of George Street, but we're at the end of George. This part of George Street while the lawyers' offices start. Right to the south side of us is where the restaurants and, and all of those all yeah. hang out. So yeah, you're down the block. You're a block and a half than. away from. Uh, yeah, they would they would actually have to have a reason to come in our direction to yeah. stop by the, the shop. It's not yeah. like we're just in amongst all the other stuff. Although with the uh, farmer's markets on Saturdays downtown, it is really hopping down yeah, there. Yeah, Saturday's so, busy for yeah, sure. Crazy, crazy. So we're expecting it to be 
pretty wild on Saturday. And if you want a swag bag or treats, you got to make it there early because I don't think they're going to last very long. No, at all. no. <laughs> Especially these great big cookies we're getting. And expect expect to walk a little ways because yep. the, the parking is a premium on, a Saturday? on Saturday. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. You'll get up early. All right, awesome. Steve says he'll get up early for a cookie. <laughs> Should always have your mic on when you want to say something, Steve. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the audience you. is going. Gonna, what are they talking, talking about? What what's going on there? What was that dead spot? Yeah. Okay, so Saturday nine a.m. Yeah. You want to be down there fairly early to get uh, any kind of treats. A lot of information available for people that are kind of curious, not yeah. sure if this is something that they even want to go yeah. after. Those are definitely but the people we're looking for. Plenty of plenty of information. And I think it'll be just kind of cool to stop by and check it out. Yeah, you'll have to come down for sure. No, for sure yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be around, so I'll, I'll save pop you a down. <laughs> there you I'll go. Stash one for you. Put a put a put a put <laughs> my name on a cookie. <laughs> yeah, uh, Don Labelle. It is Epic Products, and let's give them the address on George Street. Three fifty six George Street. Three fifty six. Old Long and McQuaid beside yeah. Pastry Chef. So halfway between third and fourth, pretty much. Pretty much, or is it second and third? No, no, third and fourth. No, will be third and fourth. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So halfway there, uh, make sure you get down early uh, and, uh, and just find a parking spot and walk. It's not it's not supposed to be too bad no. Saturday. You might want to bring, bring an umbrella, though, just in case. Well, if you want to check out the farmer's market, too, you have that to bring too. an umbrella. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. We'll have awesome. a quick break now and come back and we'll chat a little bit about uh, other things going on this coming weekend here on After 9. Nominate your favorite BC craft brewery for a chance at the BC Ale Trail Brewery Experience Award. Think about what you love about our local brewers, then vote for your favorite. Your vote will get you into a draw for one of two grand prize weekends, or you could win a $100 gift certificate to the BC brewery of your choice and a BC Ale Trail Deluxe Swag Pack valued at $200. Cast your vote at bcaletrail.ca. Entry deadline is September 15th. The B.C. Chamber of Commerce has launched Regional Resource Guides for Small Business Resiliency. The guides address core aspects of pandemic recovery, including health and safety, government programming, legal and regulatory requirements, how to reopen, maintain, pivot or expand your business, and more. Download your Regional Resource Guide for Small Business Resiliency today at bcchamber.org. Helping B.C. business survive and thrive coming out of the pandemic. Regional Guides for Small Business Resiliency from the B.C. Chamber of Commerce. The Red Cross is now accepting donations to support those affected by massive wildfires across B.C. Red Cross teams are working closely with local, provincial, and Indigenous governments to plan how to best support those in need. You can help by making a financial donation to the British Columbia Fires Appeal online at redcross.ca or by calling 1-800-418-1111. The Red Cross B.C. Fires Appeal. Donate today at redcross.ca or by calling 1-800-418-1111. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their series of online webinars. Everyone is encouraged to learn more about dementia and its stark impact on Canadians through their website, alzbc.org. While there, you can also register for their free webinars or watch previous presentations. The next webinar is considering the transition to long-term care next Wednesday from 2 to 3. The Alzheimer's Society of BC, bringing you support and information for dementia at alzbc.org. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
Just listening to that PSA uh, Alan Wishart recorded this morning, and I was thinking, you know, maybe for Alan's next birthday, we'll get him a little, uh, some edibles or something that he, you know, because he, he's very, very anxious at the best of times, and maybe yes. that would uh, sort of take the edge off a little. I think his stress level is up a little. His stress level can get pretty high, although he's he's gotten better over the years. So uh, before we get into any other discussion, let's uh, update the numbers COVID-wise across northern BC. Uh, 30 not, uh, 36 new cases yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, for total active cases around the north of 230. 30, yeah. So that's, um, that's kind of where it's been the last couple of days. So hopefully that's the peak. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't last too long up there and we can get back down to where we were <laughs> at the beginning of the month. But anyway, so that's the, that's the bad news. Uh, we talked about Epic Products opening on Saturday, uh, from 9 to 11. Also taking place, actually starting today, is uh, sort of the exhibition. That's right. It did start today. BCNE. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say did start. 4-H is probably on site already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Midway usually doesn't get started till 11? afternoon because oh, really? they usually uh, show up the night before and then they're putting things together and, and, and getting uh, testing the runs or rides out and whatnot. But that's uh, that's basically what the BCNE is going to consist of this year. Uh, not actually the BCNE, but I guess the BCNE light. Scaled down. Yeah. So you've got 4-H, you've got the midway, so the rides, the uh, games, and food vendors. And the food. Yeah. And 4-H. 4-H, part of their big deal is the auction, uh, the 4-H auction going on Saturday. Uh, you don't have to actually be on site to bid this year. They actually have, um, through the uh, BC Livestock website, there is um, online bidding. And probably see a lot of that this year. Yeah. And uh, you go on there and request to bid. I do believe you have to register to bid as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's thing, something you have to know about. And that it will be taking place Saturday, uh, 6 o'clock, the, the uh, auction starts. That's kind of the tough part about being in 4-H is you uh, raise the animals and then... they're done that, yeah. Have you? Oh, yeah, back and, in Quebec. And yeah. then you uh, you have them auctioned off and you realize that those animals are not well, long. Well, back then you didn't go to the auction. Oh, you didn't go to no. the auction, no. Okay. Uh, what else is going on this weekend? Of course, the farmer's market on Saturday, so downtown will be busy as usual. Anything else that you know of? My mum is celebrating a birthday next week. Uh Uh-huh. On Tuesday, she turns 80. 80. Yeah, the big 8-0. So we're having a a barbecue on Sunday to to celebrate that. Uh, Fingers crossed on the weather because that's kind of iffy for Sunday. Uh, Yesterday when I looked... Uh, what's it say today? Today says showers <laughs> at a high of 15. So it might be a lot of indoor activity. Indoor activity. Yeah. Uh, keeping it just basically to the family, so uh, it shouldn't be too crowded. And uh, Saturday, 
a mix of sun and cloud with a 70% chance of showers. So well, it'll probably be just these rain clouds coming through every once in every a while. Every once in a while, yeah. Dumping uh, water on people. So it well, might not it be too down bad. down the rides. Yeah. Well, today and tomorrow, if you want to take in the uh, exhibition ground activity, uh, only a 30% chance of showers. There you go. Both today and tomorrow. So probably your best bet of taking in the 4-H or the rides or, or whatever is going on at the exhibition grounds without getting wet. And the gate's free. Yeah, there's no charge because it's not actually the BCNE, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, the uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's West Coast Amusements or which company it is, but whichever company is doing the Midway, uh, they they get their money out of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Make yeah. sure you got enough bucks for the rides and, and whatnot, Right. Uh, one thing should pass along. There are volunteers needed for the Canadian Red Cross. They have uh, a program of uh, emergency management and equipment, uh, health equipment loan program that they have that they need volunteers for. And if you were uh, thinking of maybe helping out, you can uh, call their toll-free number, 1-800-565-8000. Or just go online to redcross.ca slash volunteer and you can track it down that way. Um, of course they do a, a great job and, and right now with the, the fire situation, uh, south of us, especially down in the Okanagan area, um, yeah, they're busy. Well, and they're kind of busy around the world right now. Yeah, well that too. Uh, but locally, uh, the BC Fire Appeal, that's, uh, also available if you wanted to donate. That information can be found on their website as well. Uh, here's something that's open that has been closed for a while that uh, is worth taking note of. The Legion Corner. The the food at the Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're now open 7, or sorry, from 4 to 7, so just for, for dinner, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they've also got uh, their popular meat draws back where you buy raffle tickets, $2 each, and they actually That's make... That's a good deal. Yeah, and they That's make five deal. draws uh, between 4.30 and 6.30 each night. So two bucks and you get five chances of picking up some some uh, gift cards, actually, is what they, they get you, uh, gift cards to Homesteader Meats, yeah. right? Speaking of barbecuing. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Legion. Uh, they are down on 6th Avenue, basically almost 6th and George, just up from George Street on 6th. Right? 6th and uh, just Dominion. Well, between Dominion yeah. and they're, they're the other side of the alley. Yeah, uh, right on the alley there. Yeah, basically right next to where uh, Ochocolat used to be. And apparently there's a new restaurant in there, too. They're everywhere. I'm going to have to get out and check some of those things out at some point. Okay, well, that'll wrap it for today's edition of After 9. Big thanks to uh, Don LaBelle for stopping by and updating us on her grand opening for Epic Products on uh, George between 3rd and 4th on Saturday. Uh, make sure you make it down there. Tomorrow we will have the Friday edition of Front Burner from CBC News, followed by the Friday panel. 
After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFISFM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.